Today we live different from the way we came in. In Jesus' name, it's, uh, it smells like Africa Arise. Do you smell that? Africa Arise is in the air. It smells something, something cooking. It's something for those of you who have attended before and you remember. I think we can all attest that Africa Rise is something that truly is something that we concocted or we decided to come up with. I think we stumbled into it literally, but I think the Lord gave it a, a life of its own. And there's something that God puts his hand on it for his own reason. And uh, uh, we just kind of watch, we just kind of watch actually what, what God does. And I believe that this year, being the first one after three years um, uh, to come back again in this place, uh, it's, it's going to be something special. So I've just been using uh, these weeks leading up to the program to kind of prepare our hearts for what the Lord has uh, in store and what I believe what God is actually trying, trying to do uh, through this, this, this program. We're, we're actually figuring it out as we go, yeah, yeah. So uh, be praying for us while we're while we're doing that. But if you uh, were here last last week, I kind of just started sharing some ideas, um, and I just want to continue those and build into that and why I believe this is significant. Um, uh, the Bible says that where there is no vision, the people perish, right? Uh, so vision, therefore, is important. But at the same time, uh, vision can only come from God. Because only God has the ability to see the future. Okay, we, we can hope for the future, we can't see the future. We can plan for the future, we can't see the future. We can have goals, and it's good to have goals. But only God with divinity can see the future and call it out. And we believe that that's what God is up to. So number one, without vision, people perish. Number two, vision comes from God. Uh, but number three, God is big. Right? So uh, it's, it's the, the people who have ever had a conversation with God, even in the scriptures, you just see how foolish that is. It's difficult because God always speaks from his perspective. Right? Uh, Jacob, he put his head down on the pillow of a rock. The heavens were opened and the ladder started descending or, or the ladder went up came down from heaven Ascend, uh, angels are ascending and descending on that on that on that rock and the lord starts speaking to him about nations and how I'll make uh, you you the father of many and through you you know all nations of the world will be blessed and jacob was like okay god if you only give me something to eat and something to drink i really could use some clothes right now all right, just to kind of show you how we're not on the same, and we probably will never be <laughs> on the same wavelength as God. God is big. And if you talk with God and you actually start accepting and flowing with what he's telling you, you go a little bit crazy because God is big and he speaks at his level. And you, you, if you really talk with God because you're out there, you're no longer down here. Uh, you, you can't talk normal Sefarwari like you did before because you've just been zapped by God. Hmm? Noah said, a flood is coming, it's going to fill the whole earth, that's God's agenda. So now build an ark. Okay, and you know the Bible says people mocked him and made fun of him until God who has perfect vision sent the rain. And I say that in the spirit of looking at this uh, edifice that God is building before us. Yeah, it's, it's not quite an ark, but it is the equivalent in our time of an ark, because rain is coming for sure. Okay. Uh, flood is coming. By the way, the flood, flood is, is still coming. Why did I look at you when I said, uh, flood is coming, Monsieur. Hmm, flood is coming. So, God is big, God speaks at his level, so we need to kind of be mindful of these things and, and I, I'm fully convinced in my heart of what the Lord has, has shown. We're not perfect or better than anybody else, but I think God has just put something in our heart that has been very much a motivating factor for everything that we do. And it's a blessing to have something that drives you like it does uh, in, this, in this way. 
<clears throat> so if you were here last week, I talked to you about how the Lord spoke to Abba about this concept of redeeming nations in righteousness or how the nations will be redeemed in righteousness. And then I told you the story about how the Lord showed me rivers. And um, uh, this is maybe just the ongoing uh, evolution of those thoughts and kind of where the Lord has brought us to. But one thing that I found is that when you're dealing um, with righteousness and when you're dealing with rivers in the scriptures, many times you're dealing with the same thing. Because the presence of both righteousness and a river brings life. The absence of, a right, of righteousness and a river, both, they bring death. Right? So, so you will find in scripture many times that these two things are very closely tied together. And I want to just show you some scriptures about how that works. And then we're going to look at why this is important for this time and place. You are here at the right time. You are here at the right place. Mm -hmm. uh, I know this is much bigger than a man because my preaching is good, but it's not that good. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, the Lord, the Lord is, is on assignment, on agenda. So Amos chapter 5, there's going to be a lot of scriptures today. Amos chapter 5 and verse number 24, just very brief verse, but I found it to be very interesting and very pertinent. Amos chapter 5 and verse 24, but let justice Roll on like a river, and righteousness like never-failing stream. Hmm. Let justice roll on like a river, and righteousness like never-failing dream. So justice is like a river, righteousness is like never-ending uh, streams. Hallelujah. Stay uh, with me in that kind of neighborhood, Isaiah chapter uh, forty. 32, Isaiah chapter 32, verse 14. Isaiah 32, verse 14. The fortress will be abandoned. The noisy city deserted. Citadel and watchtower will become a wasteland forever. The delight of donkeys and a pasture for flocks. Till the Spirit is poured on us from on high, and the desert becomes a fertile field, and the fertile field seems like a forest, justice will dwell in the desert, and righteousness will live in the fertile field. The fruit of righteousness will be peace. The effect of righteousness will be quietness and confidence forever. My people will live in peaceful dwelling places, in secure homes, in undisturbed places of rest. So once again, you, hear, you see the correlation between righteousness and the river. It's, it's, it's in here. So, uh, and that translates into a blessing into the desert place. The desert place becomes a fertile field. The fertile field becomes like a forest. Meaning when water hits the desert, the desert is no longer a desert. It comes to life. Right? When the spirit is poured from on high, it brings righteousness. And righteousness does the same thing. It brings life. Hallelujah. Amen. Notice that it says until the spirit is poured from on high. So rain falls on the mountain and that becomes a river. The spirit is poured on high and that becomes justice and righteousness in the land. Right. So, so uh, the source of the river is the rain on the mountain. The source of true justice and righteousness is not going and doing Salamawi self in front of the Beta Mangist. Eh? The source of true righteousness comes from the Spirit poured from on high. It flows like a river and it brings life to the desert place. It brings healing to the broken place. Hallelujah. So, so, so our primary job as people of God is to petition for that Spirit, to fight for that Spirit. Eh? We don't get true justice from the courthouse. We get true justice from the Spirit being poured from on high. And I feel that in this season, I'm smelling the Spirit is cooking something in the unseen. There's a dew that will be released from heaven. Because it's time. Praise the Lord. It's time. So, so both Spirit and both river, uh, both uh, uh, justice and righteousness and the river, they have their source from on high. The high place is a very important place. We are in a very strategic... I just want to kind of sound alarm bell in the spirit. All right? Uh, we're in a very strategic time and place. I repeat, we're very strategic time and place. 
this is not a good idea. We don't do this kind of stuff as a good idea. I believe that the Lord is on agenda and we're just scrambling to try to keep up to what he's saying. I believe we've come to a specific time and place. Now, of course, there's always the gospel. There's always salvation. There's always outreach. There's always ministry. As children of God, we do what God calls us to do. But then there's time and place. When God said it's time. Yeah. And, and these times are very important and it's very strategic. And I, I'm just kind of speaking what I'm sensing, but I want to get into, I want to uh, first paint this picture of why high places is so important and why high places and mountains are strategic uh, for, for both, for anything in the spirit, the spirit world and why it's important for us as the people of God, as the church of God to lay, lay, uh, stake our claim in, in the high place. Praise the Lord. Um, when I saw the scriptures, there's so much that it talks about the high place. I want to just go over some very quickly. Let's go to 1 Kings chapter 3. This is the story of uh, Solomon, King Solomon when he temple of God was built. They worshipped in this place called the high place. Verse number 4 says, the, the king went to Gibeon to offer sacrifices, for that was the most important high place. And Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. And at Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream and said, Ask for whatever you want me to give you. May the Lord <clears throat> open the windows of heaven and ask me such a question. Because I have a few grocery lists to deal with him uh, in Jesus' name. <laughs> But the point I wanted to, us to focus on, it says, uh, um, uh, he, the king offered sacrifices at Gibeon, for that was the most important high place. So it was not only the offering of the sacrifices, it was where he offered that becomes also important. Location is big in the spirit. High places are important, amen. It's important to the spirit world. It's important to God. And Solomon realized that if we're going to be dealing with the business of God, we don't find God in the valley. We have to go to the high place. If we're dealing with God, we have to go to the high place. Yeah. All right. Now just stay with me. Go to 1 Kings right there, chapter 12. Uh, now I, I actually, there's if you go through scripture, it's, all over the place talking about this high place business is all over the place everywhere but i just tried to do a brief overview just to give a, a flavor you can do some other studies on your own it's quite fascinating actually but um after solomon built the temple which was also on the high place by the way mount mount uh, mount mount moriah where god appeared that mountain is where they built the temple that's we can go on on that one as well. But after Solomon his, uh, died, his son took his place, Rehoboam, and was ruling the, the, the kingdom. Under his reign, the kingdom split into to the northern and southern kingdom. Jeroboam became the king of the northern kingdom, and Rehoboam became the king of the southern kingdom. Now, Jeroboam, as he was ruling the northern kingdom, he thought to himself, he said to himself, there are annual feasts of Israel where everyone goes to Jerusalem to worship, which is in the southern kingdom. And he said, if these people keep going every year to Jerusalem, their hearts and their loyalty will be reverted back to the southern kingdom, and I will lose my power, I will lose my influence. So he reverted to creating other places of worship within the northern kingdom. All right? And so he says here in verse number 31, 12, uh, 1 Kings chapter 12 and verse uh, verse number 31. Um, Jeroboam built shrines on high places and appointed priests from all sorts of people, even though they were not Levites. And he introduced programs and, 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 and festivals to, commemorate, uh, to be commemorated at those places. But notice the language. Jeroboam built shrines on high places. Why? Because the high place is an important place. Whatever is established at the high place will govern everything in the low place. Dominion does not go from bottom up. Dominion goes from top down. So victory at the top is very crucial. 
It's crucial for Solomon. It's crucial for Jeroboam. It's crucial for me. It's crucial for you. And I believe as children of God, as, as sons and daughters of the Most High God, we should have a little bit of a concern for the high place. We should have our eyes set on the high place. We should set our eyes and our focus on how we bring God's dominion in the high place. All right, I'll, I'll prove my point. We'll get there. Just keep rolling with me. Let's stay here in the book of 1 Kings chapter 22. This is a story of the king named Jehoshaphat. And Jehoshaphat was a good king, but he had a weakness. And let's look at what his weakness was in, in, in 1 Kings chapter 22. I'll just, just read this little piece right here. 1 Kings chapter 22 and verse number 43. It says, In everything he walked in the ways of his father Asa and did not stray from them. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. The high places, however, were not removed and the people continued to offer sacrifices and burnt incense there. Huh. So you see, Je Jehoshaphat was a good king. He walked in the ways of his father Asa. He did right in the eyes of the Lord. This is all good. This is what we teach people to do. But it says, nevertheless, however, the high places were not removed. Is that what it says? And the people continued to offer sacrifices to them. Mm. So, so uh, more than being good citizens or good bentes or, or, or you know, checking your to-do list, we also have to have a concern from the high place. It's God who's calling him out here. He said he's a good king, but he left the high place alone. Tell your neighbor, don't leave the high place alone. We, we need to give attention to the high place. All right? Now, we're going to conclude this little piece here with a, a good king. Second, uh, Second Kings chapter 23. Don't let, end on a, a bad note. Let's end on a good note. 2 Kings 23 and verse number 5. This is the story of King Josiah. His story is another very fascinating one. But look what it says, what he did in, in verse 5. Just verse 5 only. He did away with the pagan priests appointed by the kings of Judah to burn incense on the high places mm. of the towns of Judah and on those around Jerusalem, those who burned incense to Baal, to the sun and the moon, to the constellations, and to all the starry hosts. Did you, see, did you see that? He did away with the pagan priests appointed by the king of Judah to burn incense on the high places. So unlike Jehoshaphat, King Josiah not only was a good king, but he also ensured that the high place would be dealt with as well. So, so, so uh, uh, the challenge is to be more Josh, Josiah and Pastor Z-like uh, in Jesus' name. Uh, we, need, uh, we, we need to have a concern for the high place because whoever holds the high place will govern everything on the low place. Uh, the fight is the fight for the high place. Amen. All things down here are subject to everything up there. So we need to have a concern for what's going on up there as the people of God. So this high place business, hmm, what degree did you get from which school to confirm these findings? This is not an earthly finding, it's a spiritual finding. We go to earthly school to learn earthly stuff. Spiritual education comes from a different source. There are strongholds in the unseen. There are principalities in the unseen. There is a fight in the unseen realm for the forces of the angelic hosts and the demonic hosts fighting and contending for the lives of men on her earth, for the hearts of men. And those battles are very crucial. Actually, they are more crucial than the battles that we fight on the earth. In fact, every dysfunction in the natural realm is a byproduct of what has already been established in the unseen realm. So when God calls us as his children, eh? okay, like I am Abba's son. Uh, Therefore, I have Abba's uh, issues. Hmm? 
Some people say, I still don't believe this, they say, when you look at me walk from the back, that I look like Abba. Because that's who I am. You cannot do anything different from who you are. It would have been a shock of the whole world if I came out of the womb looking like a white person. Because that just does not happen. You are where you come from. Right? But my point is, because... Because I come from him, I have his, you can maybe say, tell I look maybe a little bit, maybe not. I don't, I don't think I look like him. But they said from the back when I walk, I cannot ever, I don't have that perspective to see. I mean, I'm doing really good when I can see how I look walking from the back. But, I don't, but there is this thing that I, I, I do like where I come from. I am like where I come from. And you are too. All of us come from somewhere. But when we are born again, we are born of God. All right? That means just by our very nature. We do as our father does. At least we should be. In fact, Jesus was being accused because they, they told him, you know, you, 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 they, they got offended because he says, you call God father. Jesus called God father, making himself equal to God. And they couldn't get over that. And Jesus responded as Jesus always does by saying, you are just like your father, the devil. How do I know? Because you are doing exactly what the devil does. You cannot help doing anything separate from who you are, right? So we have been born again, all right? Now, God is spirit. So you can kind of see resemblance with my father, because that's, but when you are born of spirit, what does that look like? It is an unseen resemblance. It is an unseen impact. It is an unseen transformation. After you get born again, you go to the mirror, you look the exact same person as you did before you got born again. Because the change did not happen externally, it happened in the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, spirit gives birth to spirit. Now one of the things about spirit birth is that we are not only concerned for what we see and hear, we are also concerned for what we do not see ah, and what we do not hear. We have an agenda for the spirit realm. We have an agenda to get some victory. And mountains should be of a, somewhat of an importance to the child of God. Because mountains are important to God. Time and place. Amen? So, so, so there, there should be some concern for, for mountains. As the children of God. Now, we happen to come from Ethiopia. Just <clears throat> pull this out now. We have something as Ethiopians to be very proud about. Now I know it's international, whatever. This is, should have, I did this in a Marinya service, you know, because playing to the crowd, you know. <laughs> but, but, but in the scriptures, the two most prominent Ethiopians in the scriptures, hmm? they, 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 were, they, were, uh, they were Ethiopians and they were concerned for the high place. Queen Sheba went to Jerusalem in search for wisdom, in search of the temple of God, in search where God lives. And she didn't go empty-handed. She took gold. She took spices. She took precious stones. Why do you take the precious stones to the mountain of God to establish some, some dominion in this place? Uh, Acts chapter 8, the Ethiopian eunuch. Uh, we know the story of his baptism with Philip. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Okay? But the Bible says, if you read carefully, before he met with Philip, the Bible said he had gone to Jerusalem to worship. Why not worship at home? Because Jerusalem is the high place. Jerusalem is the place that God himself has chosen to put the temple on the mountain where God lives. Because God likes high places. And the people who belong to God should like high places too. You're welcome. You're welcome. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank God for the high place. So you see, this, this, uh, this conference that we are preparing is more than a conference. It's a gathering at a high place to establish some dominion in the earth uh, from the high place. Addis Ababa is the capital of Africa. It's the capital of the region. It's also the highest capital in the continent. 
It's also the seat of the African Union Economic Commission of Africa and Pastor Z's house. Hmm? It is a high place indeed. <laughs> but but the, the, the point is that this is a strategic place and a strategic time. And we're calling a gathering in the spirit of Elijah gathering the people on Mount Carmel to make some decisions on the high place about who will be God in this place. Because wherever dominion is established on the mountain, everything below the mountain will become subject to that rulership. Amen, amen. I said it last week, I'll say it again. Jesus was led up to a high mountain to be tempted by the devil. And he showed him from that mountain all of the kingdoms of this earth. All of the kingdoms of the world. And then he said to me, worship me here on this high mountain. Worship me and all of this will be given to you and if you worship me. This was not a, a, a temptation that was offered in the valley. It wasn't a temptation that was even offered on the fifth floor. Hmm? This was on the high mountain. And he says, if you worship me in this place, if you bow down in this place, all of this will be yours. You can't say that from anywhere else but the mountain. And Jesus said, get behind me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. It's not only what he said that is powerful. It's where he said it from that is powerful. That our God is the God of all the mountains of the world and all kingdoms, therefore, all kingdoms, therefore, are subject to him. Yeah, I like. Mm. Jesus won the victory on, on the mountain. And so, so for us as the born again, to, to have an ignorance or an indifference toward mountains, we shouldn't be like that. We should not be like Jehoshaphat, good people who could care less about the mountains. No, no, no. We are people who are not only good people, but we are after the dominion of our God in this area. All the kingdoms of the world are decided by what happens on the mountain. Hallelujah. So, so, so we're, we're calling a strategic gathering to make some noise on the mountain, to establish a dominion on the mountain, to make, make, make some decisions for the glory of God on the mountain. Praise the Lord. Time and place. Hallelujah. The Bible says in Ezekiel 47 that uh, when the temple design was complete, Ezekiel saw a vision of the temple. And when the temple was complete, the Bible says a river started to flow out of the temple and the river you know he would measure the farther out the way you go out into the river the deeper the wider until it became a river so deep and so wide that no one could cross i like you like yes. i like it became a mighty river and the river flowed into the desert places and brought life to everything that touched. Everything that touched the river lived. And it even went into the salt sea and made the salt sea fresh. Long rivers is the product of high mountains. That tells us that that temple was built on the mountain. The fact that the river grew deeper and wider is a fact that the mountain is really, really high. And it brings life to everything that, that it touches. Mm. Hallelujah. The high place is an important place. Uh, Isaiah 2, 2 says that in the last days, which is right about now. And I, I, I don't know about your end times theology. You know, there's a lot of people that's excited to get out of here. Uh, when I was younger, I wanted to get married before I got out of here. I said, Jesus, don't come back until, for, for personal reasons, you understand. All right, uh, but but uh, some people uh, you know study eschatology and they're very much uh, anticipating their checkout time. I I I'm also anticipating checkout time. It will be glorious. But uh, there's one uh, one prophecy that has to be fulfilled before that happens, and, and that's Isaiah two two, mm -hmm. because it says in the last days. The mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as chief among all the mountains. It will be raised up above all the hills and all nations will stream to it. May I be so bold as to say what Jesus said? Hmm? Today, or this Africa arise, this word is fulfilled in your hearing. 
some of you are, are, are thinking that I, I, just, I just went heretical on you. How dare you impose your conference on the scriptures? Well, this is my thinking. You know what I found out? Is that uh, when the disciple, well, everything that Jesus did as a son of God, eh, everything he did, it was fulfilled. He was a fulfillment of, of scriptures, right? And after Jesus left, eh, the disciples who were left behind, they would do all their activities bouncing it off the scriptures. Hmm? They had to choose another disciple to replace Judas. But the reason they were looking for a disciple to replace Judas is because it is written, let another rise and take his place. So it's not, it's not, it's not heretical for them, but it's heretical for us. As if they are more children of God than we are. No, it's the same blood that redeemed them. It's the same blood that redeemed us. The same sonship that they were given is the same sonship we were given us. The same scriptures that they found themselves in is the same. In fact, I believe that everybody has, just like you have an original thumbprint, I believe you have your own assignment strategy code from heaven. Because God does not make no, no junk. It's not because you are special. Please. It's because he is special. Hmm? The only reason you are special is because he is special. Amen. You're welcome. Right? And, and so he, he's a master builder. He has a long vision. And he said the world would not be the same. The world would be missing something significant. So, so you know, it's kind of a blessing to be in his plan somehow. Amen. So, so I, I believe that, that, that I, because I've been talking with the Lord and I tell him, you cannot come until Isaiah 2-2 is finished. And, and you know, great things happen on the mountain. Great dominion is established on the mountain. And I believe that we are coming into such a time as this on this mountain. Time and place is very important to God. It's very important to the spirit realm. And so this gathering... Yeah, in this strategic time and strategic place, it's more than a gathering for us. It's a gathering for him. That God would do and release something by his spirit that would change the flavor in the unseen on, from the high place that will flow down into, a, or, or, like he says, the, the desert will become a fruitful, fruitful field. And the fruitful field will become a forest. Amen. Do you see it? Do you feel it? Yes. Yeah. Uh, some of us are, are, are struggle, not because, and we're, we're, we're good people and we're, we struggle. And sometimes the reason for that struggle, not every time, but sometimes the reason for that struggle, while we're doing good, it has nothing to do with you. It has, it has everything to do with what you are under. The high place has to be one in Jesus' name. Amen. I was in Uganda last month. Um, and uh, when I was there, I was at a, a prayer conference, and there was a bunch of uh, men of God, women of God, who were uh, part of this prayer movement uh, that was started in Uganda about 20-some years ago. Um, Uganda was tormented about 20 years ago by this man named Joseph Kony Lord, Kony Lord's Resistance Army. Some of you might remember uh, and he was a rebel group that was fighting against the Ugandan government. Um, but his, his tactics were so, uh, so brutal that it got international attention. Everybody was talking about, maybe some of you, does anybody, does that sound familiar? Yeah. And, and so he would like take villages and towns and he, they would take all of the, the girls and they would become wives for, for Joseph, Kony. Um, and the, the children, he would make them child soldiers and to initiate them into the world of uh, uh, warfare as a children, they would be forced to kill their families. And that would kind of plant something in their mind or break something in their mind that would make them heartless when it comes to, to killing and murder. So it was just really, really ugly or slash demonic. And uh, so he operated in the north of Uganda. And when you cross the, the, the Gulu River in Uganda, once you cross that place, it's known as uh, Joseph Kony territory. 
And even the military, I know some of you from Uganda can confirm this, I, I don't know. But when you cross and go into the Gul River, you are in his territory. And military is afraid to go cross the river. Military. Because he, he, he's not only a strong and powerful soldier, but he's also deeply, deeply involved in witchcraft. And that's where he gets his power. He sacrifices his own children and his own, his own wives, and he gets, he, gets, he gets more power, and people are afraid to challenge him. So the, the short version of the story is, and they were telling this testimony, that we, we decided to pray and go cross the river as the men and women of God to pray. And uh, the military was advising against it because of, or they were uh, afraid, but they said, no, we have the power of Jesus. We are the children of God. And they crossed the Gulu River and they began to pray and the Lord showed them four mountains in that northern part of Uganda. And those four mountains happened to be four mountains where Joseph Kony had altars of worship on the tops of those mountains and where rivers, springs flowed out of those mountains. So, so the, the military saw where they were going and they offered uh, protection, ex escort. But the truth is we don't know who was giving the protection. The the military or the, the people of God. I like to think that it's the people of God that were given special security uh, protection for the soldiers. And they went to these places, four of them, and they, they were telling the, all of the people who were part of that mission, they were testifying how they went and they destroyed these altars and they broke the curses in the name of Jesus and they claimed the mountain region for Jesus. And, and, and the springs of water, they said, whoever drinks that water dies. And in Jesus' name, they broke the curse and they drank the water. And the soldiers were so amazed that many of them, they were saying, they got on their knees right there. <laughs> and they gave their lives to Jesus. <laughs> because it's the most feared. And, and since that time, it's Joseph Kony who? Have you heard of him? That's why many of you don't know. It's because God's people took the dominion on the mountain. Come on, somebody. The river starts to flow, justice and righteousness. Hmm? And then many of the child soldiers and many of the, the, the girls that were taken forcefully from their homes, they were reunited with their families because justice and righteousness does not come from the courthouse. Justice and righteousness comes from the spirit being poured from on high. So we can't be ignorant of these things as the children of God. It's not just being good people, it's having dominion over the mountain. Uh, even here in our own country, there's a, a mountain in the south called Ambaricho. And uh, Dr. Desta, he's a friend of ours, uh, he, <clears throat> he started these prayer, prayer movements on Ambaricho mountain. And uh, he comes from that region and it started with just a few of them. They would go up the mountain every year started with I think 15 and they would pray and when they prayed they bow in the spirit they take dominion and then they, this became popular like an annual pilgrimage for all the believers in that region but the, at the last time when I heard there was 100,000 people who marched the mountain with him to pray and when they went up to pray um, uh, one person in particularly got born again on that mountain. And that person was the witch doctor of Ambaricho mountain. And what he said was, I have been on this mountain my whole life. I'm the 14th generation of witch doctors ruling from this mountain. And the original witch doctor was actually appointed by us as Some of you know Zareyakob. He was like a great king back in Ethiopia with an Achilles heel for witchcraft. Mm. And so he would, uh, uh, Zariak, he would march to all the mountains of Ethiopia eh? and he would plant a church and he would plant uh, uh, um, uh, next to the uh, witchcraft house, like side by side, you know. And so the, the man that was appointed 14 generations ago Eh? had passed that craft on 14 generations to this man who is the ruler of Ambar Ambaricho mountain. And the power was broken on the mountain. His eyes were open to see something that 14 generations had never seen. 
and he gave his life to Jesus and he confessed Jesus as Lord and he told this story. But, but then what happens? Then the spirit is broken. The power is broken in the air and the river starts to flow. The spirit is poured from on high. And guess what? Ambaricho town, which is one of the most poorly developed towns, very poor, typical, you know, as you see all around. But all of a sudden out of nowhere, eh, building and constructing of new roads in Ambaricho town. Building of a big hospital in Ambaricho town. Development and, are you following what I'm saying? So being good is good. But it's not enough. We have to be good and have a, 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 a desire to see God's lordship. Have an agenda for the mountain. Amen. And so uh, we are not here to have church. We are here to take the mountain in Jesus' name. There is some mountain that has been messing with us. That has been messing with all the kingdoms around here. And so this gathering is very specific and very strategic. We are not gathering to sing songs. We don't come to Africa Arise to be African. <laughs> yeah, this is a spiritual assignment that the spiritual strongholds that have been playing with us for so long that we're telling that it's time for God to step in here. And all the kingdoms of the world from this high place will be subject to the kingdom of God. And we give this mountain to Jesus. Some of us are confused as good people because we have not had a concern for the mountain. But I don't know for you, if you are a true child of God, hallelujah, if you have the spirit of Josiah, you have to be concerned for this mountain. Amen? So it's more than a conference. Yeah? We're, we're, we're taking back our mountain. Did you know that for a long time, the seven peaks surrounding uh, Addis Ababa, the seven peaks, they had seven witch doctors on every one of these peaks surrounding it. And, and you know they're not there to play board games. Yeah? They understand more than we do about spiritual things. Some of the confusion that we're fighting with, it's a, it's a, a philosophy that came from a high place to create chaos and to cause us to, uh, to, to mess with God's justice and righteousness flowing in our... Amen? And some of us are getting on social media and posting all kinds of drama to your haters. This is not a social media battle. If it was a social media battle, we would all be instructed in the name of Jesus, get on your social media and blast away. This is not a social media battle. This is a mountain battle. We don't fight. We are the weapons that we fight with, the Bible says, it's not carnal. But they are mighty through God to the tearing down of strongholds. There was a man in the Old Testament. His name was Caleb. And in Joshua, Joshua chapter 14, speaking about what Caleb did, Caleb said, he told Joshua after they had possessed the land, he said, I was eh, one of the 12 spies who came to spy out this land a generation ago. And I had to go back into the wilderness with everybody. But here I am now, 85 years old. But I have the strength of a 40-year-old. Moses had made me a promise that he would give me this mountain. And I am just as strong today. I am just as ready to go to war today as I was back then. Now give me my mountain. Because it was promised to me. And you know what I realized? That, that because he had a heart for, for the mountain. Caleb got younger with the passing of time. Without any super miracle grow, super pills, eh, vitamin D, BE tablets, cod liver oil. Eh, let me bring it back home. Moringa. Eh, <laughs> Without any of these extra supplements for vitality and long life. Just with the eye on the mountain. Every year he's getting younger. Every year he's getting stronger. Because he does not have a heart just to live another day. He says, give me my mountain. And I want us to approach this Africa rise with a spirit that says, give me my mountain. This mountain belongs to me. This mountain is not a mountain for scenic views and photographs. Oh, how pretty. This mountain is for the dominion of our Lord. This is the highest capital of the continent. This is the seat of power for the continent. And this is now the seat of the kingdom of God on earth. 
I declare that God will pour out his spirit in a way that we have maybe not known before to the point that the valleys become exalted and the mountains that are, live, are brought low, that every injustice, that every unrighteousness, that every twisted agenda, it will be met in the spirit, that we will worship the Lord and the Lord alone, and the kingdom of God will be on earth as it is in heaven. It's not a fight for politicking. It's a fight for the spirit. Hallelujah. And, and I'm just sensing that God will do a restoration work, perhaps like we have never seen maybe even like on the day of Pentecost by the way do you know that the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit fell eh? you know they were all gathered in what room it was not a lower room because the Spirit of God does not visit the lower room they had to meet God <laughs> in the upper room so this conference is called gathering slash upper room slash mountain slash house of the Lord dominion of the Lord there are so many things even in our planning that we have seen that, that, that only God could orchestrate I don't have time to get into the details but I and I just sense you know we've been talking with people this is this is God but this is this is God God is up to something something will be released I had for a number of years I had the privilege of traveling to Korea, South Korea, uh, because I was uh, a board member with the uh, Pastor Cho's church. And one of the things that they do uh, with their visitors is uh, before uh, or after the conference is over, they, came, they take us to this place called the Prayer Mountain. It is a mountain between North Korea and South Korea. It's right at the highest point. And they have built a huge prayer center there. And people go and pray and seek the Lord's face. And it was not just that the, the fixture, it's not just a building or that they named that place the prayer mountain. It was the conviction that the people had in their spirit. They said, no, nothing would happen between the two of us. Nothing damaging, nothing destructive. Because we are right here at the top of the mountain praying for peace and harmony. And all, there have been skirmishes between the two nations over the years. But there has not been outright war. I believe the credit goes to the Lord and of course to the vision that they have received from the Lord and men and women of God having confidence. It's not where we are. It's the conviction we have at where we are. We are believing God. We sit here at the highest point in Africa and as many other forces are vying for something to demonstrate of their own ideas, we also have a conviction that righteousness would flow out in this place. Justice will flow out of this mountain. So we are not just here to exist, but to make a difference. In this place or out of this place, a river shall flow. We will stand here and declare peace over this continent. Justice over this continent. And we believe with all our heart that it will happen. It will take place. You are not here by accident to hear this story, but to be participants of the great glory that God is going to reveal in the days and months to come. Welcome to Africa Rise. Welcome to the flow of righteousness. Yeah, as they say, there are some of these are higher mountains. Are, uh, <laughs> it's seemingly taken over by which doctors? So when I came back from one of these South Korea trips, I called some of the businessmen. Can you build some prayer towers in one of these mountains? I have not seen that. They keep building hotels, but I have never seen a, mount, a prayer mountain. Maybe we'll start doing something in the future. So men and women of God, we have come here from all nations tribes and languages 
But let me assure you, you are not here by accident. You are here to partake in something that God has designed for such a time as this. The revelation of the glory of God. And you are a part of it. Give praise to the Lord. Give Him praise. Thank Him. Hallelujah. Father God, we are so grateful that you are God. A God of wisdom. A God of revelation. A God of strength and might. You will act and who will stop you? You will declare and who will shut your mouth? Whatever you have spoken shall come to pass. And we are here to be witnesses of the revelation of your glory because you have spoken out of this place. Rivers will flow. Rivers of righteousness. Rivers of justice. Life and hope. I pray that you would bless your people as they move around this week that they would be carriers of joy. And this hope that we have heard this morning, God is serious with each of our lives. And before we become instruments of the media, we would be instruments of the voice of God. Raise your hands and receive the blessings of the Lord. The Lord bless you. The Lord shine his face upon you. The Lord give you his grace and strength so that you be who God wants you to be in the place we are situated. God bless you with vision. God bless you with dream so that you would live a life of purpose, direction, as it is given from the Lord. May this week be a week where your mind is renewed, your spirit is sharpened to say, yes, Lord, send me. I will go. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and all of, all of God's people say, Amen. Give Him praise. Give Him praise. Hallelujah.